Hey there, podcast family. Welcome to Wisdom from Above, where we go beyond the reasoning of man to the revelation of God. My friends in Colorado are already walking in a winter wonderland. Even down here in Texas, houses are lit up with Christmas lights, and Christmas music is starting to fill the airwaves. So we're going to continue looking at dangers infiltrating the church, but we're going to do a four-part Christmas mini-series related to the birth of Jesus. You see, many churches have rejected the prophecies of Jesus' birth. Many churches have abandoned belief in the virgin birth. And many churches have totally messed up the story of the wise men. So I think it's a worthy endeavor to set aside the four podcasts of December to do a Christmas mini-series. Today, our goal is to answer the question, Why is the genealogy of Jesus such good news? Genealogical societies have sprung up all over America, and millions of people have given themselves to an intensive research of their family tree. A thorough, well-documented genealogy gives a person a better grasp of their historical roots and a better insight into their personal heritage. Genealogical data can be used to determine and verify birthrights, such as rights to land or property or even royalty. Now, genealogies aren't always good news. One poor family discovered their great-great-grandfather was a horse thief, a train robber, and a prisoner who was finally sentenced to death by hanging. Fortunately, a clever genealogist made him sound good. Here's how he described him in his genealogy. He was a man who loved horses. He had business dealings with the railroad. He invested several years working in a government facility. He was killed at a ceremony being held in his honor when the platform on which he was standing collapsed beneath him. <laughs> Yeah, genealogies can be very helpful in proving bloodlines and in revealing ancestries. Today's podcast is going to focus on the genealogy of Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. We want to discover why this genealogy is such good news. We will look at the functional title, The Family Tree, and the final tally. First of all, the functional title is found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. It reads very simply, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So very clearly, Matthew makes known that he is recording and revealing to us the genealogy of Jesus Christ. First of all, he calls him Jesus. This is Greek for Yeshua, the Hebrew Yeshua, and it means Jehovah saves, or the Lord is salvation. So first of all, we see that his name is Jesus. Jesus is the Savior. And if, if you look later in Matthew chapter 1 and look down at verse 21, you read, 
And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The next title is Christ. This is the Greek term for the Hebrew word Mashiach, or Messiah, and it means the anointed one. So Jesus is the Messiah. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16, I'm turning there, Matthew 16, 16, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The next title is the Son of David. This reveals his, that he is a royal descendant. Jesus' genealogy is traced through Joseph. From David all the way down to Joseph. Joseph, though not his natural father, was his legal father. And this establishes Jesus' claim and legal right to the throne of David. We could turn over to the book of Luke and look at the genealogy of Jesus in the book of Luke. And there, Jesus' genealogy is traced from David through Mary, his birth mother. So both Joseph and Mary were descendants of David. So we have Jesus... He is the Savior. Christ is the Messiah. Son of David. He's the legal heir to the throne of David. And then finally, the fourth title is Son of Abraham. In the Old Testament, God chose one man, Abraham. And he promised Abraham land, seed, and blessing. And according to Galatians 3.16, that was seed singular, not plural, and it ultimately referred to Christ. Jesus is the key to divine spiritual blessings for all who believe in him. He is the son of Abraham. He is the seed of Abraham. So that is the functional title. Now let's look at verses 2 through 16. In uh, verses 2 through 6a, we see the first section that traces Jesus' genealogy from Abraham to David. Then in 6b through 11, it traces Jesus' genealogy from David to the captivity. And then in verses 12 to 16, it traces Jesus' genealogy from the captivity to Christ. So it's in three sections. The first section, Abraham to David, talks about the foundation of David's house. And it lists Abraham, who was the father of many nations, who had the Abrahamic covenant land, which was actually Israel, seed, which was ultimately Jesus Christ, and blessing, which was spiritual divinely spiritual blessing that would come to Abraham and his descendants and ultimately could be spread to all people all over the world. It was So it was individual, it was national, 
and it was universal. We go on and read about Jacob, who was the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, and later it talks about Boaz, who was the kinsman redeemer. The second section goes from David to captivity. So we've moved from the foundation of David's house to the deportation of David's house. And so we have David, the greatest king of Israel, and uh, David is also given a covenant which was an expansion of the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant included land, seed, and blessing. And the seed promise was expanded in the Davidic covenant. And in that covenant, David was promised that he and his descendants would be the heirs to the throne of David. And ultimately there would be an eternal king who sat on the throne of David. Now, um, as you look through this genealogy, we see Jeconiah, and that's a problem. Jeconiah is cursed. His blood relatives won't last. Jeconiah is a lineal ancestor of Joseph. And yet, Jesus was not a blood relative. Of Joseph. Joseph was his legal father, though not his natural father. He had no human father. His father is God. And Jeconiah is not in the lineal lineage of Mary. So Jesus is able to be a lasting, in fact, everlasting king sitting on the throne of David. So please remember. Uh, Matthew 1 shows the legal line through Joseph, but Luke 3 shows the bloodline through Mary. So there are two genealogies of Jesus listed in the Gospels. The legal line in Matthew through Joseph, the bloodline in Luke going through Mary. Then we come to the third section in this genealogy, which takes us from captivity to Christ. So this is the restoration of David's house. And as you look at this last section, I want you to notice how it describes the birth of Jesus as you're going through this genealogy. It says, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. I want to make a couple observations here. Jesus is David's legal heir through Joseph. Joseph, it says Joseph, the husband of Mary. But note, it does not say Joseph begat Jesus. All along in this genealogy, we're seeing Abraham begat Isaac, Isaac begat Jacob, etc., but when it comes to Joseph, it doesn't say Joseph begot Jesus. It says Joseph is the husband of Mary, by whom was born Jesus. And the term by whom is feminine and can only refer to Mary. So it says Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom, Mary, by whom was born Jesus. Jesus is David's flesh and blood through Mary. 
Jesus was born of Mary. So although this is the genealogy of Jesus through Joseph, it makes very clear, crystal clear, that Jesus was the blood relative of Mary. The final tally is found in verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, from David unto captivity in Babylon are 14 generations, from captivity in Babylon to Christ are 14 generations. This genealogy is organized thematically and numerically to aid in its memorization and its recitation. The Hebrew spelling for David is Dalet Resh Dalet. These letters have the numerical value of 464, their total being 14. And Matthew selects 14 people for each section. Although he doesn't count the women, he just says who they were married to. It is remarkable that those women are listed. This is very uncommon in a Jewish genealogy to list the names of women. Now, as you go through this genealogy, some names are left out, and that is common. The purpose is simply to establish proof of ancestry. So occasionally, it might be referring to someone begetting somebody who was ultimately their grandson. Um, David is counted twice. He's counted at the end of the first section, and he's counted at the beginning of the second section. Um, he is uh, the most important person in this because Matthew is establishing the kingship of Jesus. But you'll notice in this genealogy, there are three sets of 14. They can look be looked at in several ways. Three groups, Abraham to David, David to captivity, and captivity to Christ. Or they can look at looked at as three events for David's house, the foundation of his house, the deportation of his house, and the restoration of his house. Or you could see them as each one highlights a distinct covenant. First, the Abrahamic covenant. Second, the Davidic covenant. And third, the new covenant. So you have three sets of 14, which also makes six sets of seven. With Jesus being the climax of the sixth seven and the beginning of the seventh seven. Now this brings us back to our original question. Why is the genealogy of Jesus such good news? Let me highlight five reasons why this genealogy is such good news. Number one, the genealogy of Jesus is good news For all nations. Although Matthew is a book written by a Jew and written to the Jews, this is not simply a Jewish gospel. The first verse of Matthew mentions Abraham, and this brings brings to mind God's promise of a blessing to all nations through Abraham in Genesis 12, 1-3. The last two verses of Matthew contains the Great Commission, in which Jesus commands the discipleship of all nations. The genealogy of Jesus is good news for all nations, 
from America to Zimbabwe. This genealogy presents Jesus as the only one who can be the Messiah for the Jews and the Savior for the nations. So it's good news for all nations. Second, the genealogy of Jesus is good news for all people. The genealogy is good news for all people, people whether red or yellow, black or white. It's good news for all races, all races, all cultures, all genders, and all backgrounds. It is good news for rich and poor, for sick and well, for savage and sophisticated, for intellectual and illiterate. It's good news for all people. This is not just good news for good people, for they're none good enough to meet God's standards. This is good news for all people. The people in this genealogy are liars, like Abraham, adulterers, like Judah, murderers, like David. There are five women mentioned in this genealogy, and they are a seductress, a prostitute, a Gentile, an adulteress, and a virgin. All of the men and women in this genealogy are sinners. All the men and women in this genealogy need a Savior. Jesus Christ, the culmination of this genealogy, is the Savior who gave himself as a ransom for all people. 1 Timothy 2.6 Number three, the genealogy of Jesus is good news because Jesus is truly man, but he's without sin. You see, Jesus' birth was a miraculous birth. The Holy Spirit enabled a virgin to conceive and get birth. Jesus had no human father. His was a unique birth. He was eternally the Son of God, and he came into this world without sin, and he never sinned. He was absolutely pure and totally sinless. Jesus was an innocent man. But the genealogy of Jesus is also good news because Jesus is David's son, but he's also David's Lord. The baby in that manger was Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus was not only an innocent man, he was also the infinite God. Holland wrote it this way, There's a tumult of joy or the wonderful birth, for the virgin sweet boy is the Lord of the earth. I the star rains its fire while the beautiful sing, for the manger of Bethlehem cradles the king. Isaiah predicted that he would be Emmanuel, God with us. And then finally, the genealogy of Jesus is good news for you and me. The genealogy is good news because it means we can be forgiven. Jesus Christ is indeed the seed of Abraham who can bring spiritual life to all who believe in him. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I'm a sinner. (laughs) Jesus came into this world to save me. You're a sinner. Jesus Christ came into this world to save you. This genealogy is good news because it means you and I can have eternal life. The genealogy of Jesus is good news because it means we can have hope. Jesus Christ is the seed of David who will one day return to earth to rule and reign as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Our world has become crooked and perverse. Our world is chaotic and confused. Our world is plagued by deceit and darkness and death. But one day, Jesus will come back to the earth. 
and truth will replace deceit. Light will replace darkness. Life will replace death. This genealogy is good news because we can have hope for the future. On one occasion, a man who looked a lot like Colonel Sanders came into my office. I had met this man at several antique auctions and estate sales. He was visibly shaken. Occasionally, tears made their way down his aged face. I greeted him, and I asked him how I could help. He told me he was afraid to die. I asked him to explain, and we talked for a while. I discovered that he had done things in his life that he felt God could never forgive. He was certain that when he died, he would not be allowed into heaven. Oh, my friends, did I ever have good news for this man. First, I acknowledge the bad news. All of us have sinned, and the wages of our sin is spiritual death and eternal separation from God. I wanted him to know that no one, including me, was good enough to get to heaven. But then I shared some good news with him. I showed him from the Bible that Jesus died in our place and that paid the penalty for our sin, so that whoever believes in Jesus will not go to hell, but will have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but has everlasting life. Well, he was encouraged to hear that good news. He wanted to think about what I had shown him from the Bible. We set an appointment for him to come back to my office in two days. Two days later, he came into my office, and he placed his faith in Jesus Christ. He was forgiven. He was given eternal life. He could now call God his Father. The fear was gone, replaced by faith. What a joy it was for me to be able to share this good news with that man. And what a joy it is for me to be able to share this good news with you. The Bible says in John 1.12 that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you're given eternal life and made a child of God. Do you have eternal life? Are you part of the family of God? If you've not yet placed your faith in Jesus, believing that he died for sins and rose from the dead, I urge you to do so right now, right where you are, in the quietness of your heart. Place your faith in Jesus and in his death for you. Trust in Christ right now and become a child of God. I hope you're finding these podcasts helpful. Please share them on your Facebook or on your Instagram or in messages with your friends. This is Dr. Harlan Betts, wishing you a great Christmas season. Thank you for joining me in this passionate quest for wisdom from above.